here's the question. How can we serve innovative voices, smart ideas, and the latest technology to improve brand identity, product consistency, and profitability in the print and packaging supply chain? Welcome to the ID Alliance Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins. ID Alliance is a nonprofit association, and we serve the global supply chain for brands, print, and packaging with 12 offices located around the world. If you are interested in becoming a member of ID Alliance, you can join us by visiting our website at idalliance.org. On today's Gamut Podcast, we are speaking with Don Carley from Nema Hunter Incorporated. Nema Hunter helps business leaders and marketing executives deploy and develop robust strategies for business transformation and sustainable growth. And Don has been a management consultant and senior advisor to advertisers, publishers, and Fortune 1000 brands, including Adobe, Agfa, DuPont, HP, IBM, Kodak, Read Business Information, Time Inc., and on and on. He is also a senior Senior Research Fellow with the Nonprofit Institute for Sustainable Communication, or ISC. And today we have Don on to talk about a study called Discovering a New World of Color and Appearance Management Solutions. And this study was conducted by Premier, the former research unit of AP Tech, and they commissioned Nima Hunter to provide its members with credible baseline metrics and projectable consensus forecasts of vendor product opinions, expert opinions, pre-press customer opinions, and end-user opinions. Very A lot of opinions there and it's related to the adoption and the use of new color and appearance management software as well as new hardware over the period of from 2017 to 2022. The scope of the study was limited to markets in the U.S. in commercial print, implant packaging, and wide format inkjet for color management solutions, ICC profiles, as well as pre-press file preparation. So we're very excited to hear what Don has to say about the future of color management and color measurement for the print industry as well as outside of the print industry. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of our discussion with Don Carley. And if you missed part one of our discussion, make sure you check that out. That's the Gamut Podcast, episode 69, Discovering the Future of Color, part one. And today we're going to pick up where we left off talking about a new solution for ICC color management or appearance management, and that is ICC Max. And that is now a published ISO standard 20677. So Don, I guess the question is, you know, right now we only have that I know of one solution, Onyx, uh, that has implemented ICC Max, and we have many, many other solution providers for ICC-based color management solutions like profiling software or digital front ends. You know, uh, we have APPE from Adobe. Uh, what is uh, what is impeding the adoption, essentially? What, what's the slowdown? Why isn't this? Well, it's, it's the classic chicken or the egg problem that we had with the, you know, the preceding generations of color management. Again, remember, it, it took a decade for ICC color management to gain a foothold. For many, many, many years, it existed, but no one used it. And then people used it and used it badly. And, you know, as, still as 
we started to see successes and the development of consulting and training and certification of how the technology could be applied together with improvements in the underlying standard itself, it became what it is today, used by approximately half of the market for commercial printing purposes with reasonably good success. It works as long as you work within its constraints and you don't expect more of it than it was designed to deliver. It's understanding the, the capability of the yeah, process. exactly. So, you know, overall, we made a set of recommendations in this study. The first was there was very low awareness of what appearance management meant versus color management. They are different. Appearance management includes color management, It's but it's more... Uh, expansive more it includes more uh, aspects of human visual perception than color management does so it's a superset mm -hmm. of color management and there was a very limited understanding of metamerism most a couldn't give you a definition if you asked for it and couldn't present examples of all of the various forms of metamerism that frustrate them. They, they know it when they see it, but they don't know what to call it. So, you know, just naming things, being able to call things by common names is an important first step in the creation of a market. The category is not well-defined and the category has to be marketed, communicated, to people so that they not only understand what the category is, but what the potential benefits of solutions based on the standard can be and why those benefits matter to them. So what's needed at this stage in the evolution of this category is marketing above brand, not brand specific, but above brand. And I'll use the analogy of yeah. what took place with the development of digital printing when at you know in the early 90s there was printing there wasn't any category called digital printing when you brought a docucolor 40 to drupa in 1995 people didn't call it a press they called it a copier they called it a copier maybe a copier on steroids but a copier yeah. so there was copying and there was printing now, that's kind of like saying, I want a digital press when there is no such category. So people had to invest in marketing. Xerox invested tens of millions of dollars a year for five years running, organizing events called DocuWorld, which were not about Xerox technology. They were about the category of digital printing. They were about the benefits of print on demand and distribute and print and personalized print. They were about the benefits to the brands. They were about the benefits to the designers and creative professionals. They were about the benefits that digital printing, which they kept reinforcing and kept repeating, could deliver that traditional Offset lithography and flexography and gravure and letterpress could not. So those marketing efforts that are collectively carried out by associations like Idea Alliance and AP Tech are very important, but they require commitments, both financial and, um, you know, in terms of personnel and uh, to to create the right experiences 
for brand owners, for print service providers to understand the benefits of what this standard will enable, of the potential it has to solve real problems. That current solutions, whether they are proprietary or based on the existing ICCV4 standard, cannot. So, Very well said. The next thing is it's, it's necessary within the product organizations of companies, whether it be Pantone or whether it be Datacolor or X-Rite or the hundreds of other companies that make color and appearance measurement devices or software for the transformation of measurements into some application solution to give them the the justification that a significant market exists and that the, the individuals who will be researching and then making the decisions to purchase and implement those solutions are sufficient in number and purchasing uh, uh, power to justify the investment in product development and product marketing. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, before we move forward with our discussion with Don Carley, I'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for the Gamut Podcast, Telia Labs. If your company or print operation is struggling to automate imposition and planning, and you're tired of building imposition templates for every single job, Telia Labs provides artificially intelligent planning and imposition solutions at your fingertips. With their award-winning software, Telia Phoenix, you can quickly run cost-based analysis to plan and impose your customers' orders. With Telia Phoenix, you can easily integrate with MIS and workflow solutions using industry standard JDF, XML, or state-of-the-art RESTful APIs for increased automation. Whether you're printing books, brochures, cartons, labels, or signs, Phoenix's imposition AI can nest, dynamically gang, and calculate the most cost-efficient production plan without ever creating a single template. To learn how Tilia Labs is modernizing the print and packaging software with smart AI-driven technology, just visit Tilia Labs at T-I-L-I-A-L-A-B-S.com. That's TiliaLabs.com. As well, through the end of the year, Telia Labs is offering a free 30-day trial of Telia Phoenix. And you can request your free trial today by visiting telialabs.com forward slash gamut. That's telialabs.com forward slash gamut for a free 30-day trial of Telia Phoenix. So, Don, picking back up where we left off, um, who's really leading the charge as far as these new technologies, especially ICC Max? Uh, can you give us an idea of the work that's being done behind the scenes? Well, well you know, the, the, the members of ICC have been working on the standard for, for over five years now. And it's a process. It takes time because they want to make sure that this is, first of all, a consensus process. It's not proprietary. It's consensus process. It's open to public review. Um, and, and that it's, it's, applicable to a broad set of application contexts and markets. So all of the usual names and you're familiar with, yeah. um, you know, Adobe and Pantone and X-Rite and so are, are 
actively involved in the development of the standard. I was in uh, in Dusseldorf, uh, rather in um, Munich, rather in February, in fact, uh, at the ICC uh, meeting um, where the the evolution of the standard was being uh, discussed and and worked on um, by you know a, a group of over a hundred color management experts, product development product managers, etc. at uh, at Fogra, which you know, is is very significantly invested in the future of ICC Max mm-hmm. as well and appearance management. The European Union has several projects on appearance management and appearance rendering uh, that are funded to the tune of tens of millions of euros a year to develop applications and to develop technologies. So that work is undergoing more so in Europe than in the United States, to be honest, at least what's visible. Right. Uh, there are a lot of proprietary efforts underway uh, that may not have been announced, but work on solutions that build on this standard are under development by most of the major uh, companies uh, in that we're familiar with today. Now the question is, how do we get them to bring those solutions to market? In order to do that, I believe there's going to have to be a new level of collaboration among and between the brands on marketing of the category and of the benefits of the category, developing explainer videos, infographics, webinars, podcasts, white papers, case studies that bring the business, the environmental, the social, and the aesthetic benefits of standards-based ICC Max color and appearance management solutions to light. And again, it's 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 an educational problem, market education uh, investment. It's it, if if in fact that if I'm a product manager and I'm I've got 50% market penetration for an existing product, ICC Mac ICC B4 based, and I have to put a budget forward for next year. Where am I going to spend my money in product development, and marketing, product marketing? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I put my money into an ICC Max solution? or into my ICC V4 solution. I've got a dollar to spend. Where do I put my dollar? So if I'm conservative, I say, well, I know this market. There's still 50% of the market available, or at least maybe conservatively 25%. I'm going to max that out before I put any money into the new thing. Right. Others will say, you know what? I think that first mover advantage in color and appearance management is going to be more important to us both tactically and strategically. We might take a little bit of a hit in near-term revenue, right. but long-term, the mm-hmm. market, the lifetime value market potential of appearance technology far exceeds the lifetime market value of solutions based on ICC v4. Especially if I believe I'm oriented toward applications where the pain points for metamerism and and yeah. things like fluorescence and yeah. pearlescence and iridescence mm-hmm. and other surface effects are a greater source of frustration mm-hmm. or cost in the market. So that's the tussle we're going to see now. And I do believe that intelligent brands are going to realize that in the early stages of this market, it'll be better for them to collaborate and work together to promote the category because the rising tide will lift all of their boats. You know, every when there's two shoe stores in the mall, everybody sells more shoes. We need to have the market first understand the category, use use articulate the category. So when they search, they 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 have a problem, metamerism, they don't call it that. Things don't match. Mm-hmm. 
what shows up in the search is metamorism problem definition category solution appearance management or ICC max and then comes the product and for each of the products in that category for that particular problem there are going to be a set of features features may differ for each feature there may be benefits do the benefits delivered or promised meet the needs I have now I can start to make a decision about which of the standards-based solutions I'm going to put together in a solution to solve my problem or to address the opportunity I perceive. So I think one of the things that our industry has to do at this stage is recognize that there's a market beyond printing the commercial graphic arts that is already investing tens of millions of dollars a year in R&D on spectral and specular appearance measurement. When we did the research, one of the first things asked was how many companies make devices for measuring spectral or specular data? And I asked the experts how many they were aware of. And I was given a list of about a dozen. Right. Through my research, I identified over 250. That's amazing within the print industry, thinking about the different uh, manufacturers of spectral devices and sensors. I can only think of a few right off the top of my head, X-Rite, Teshcon, Barbieri, Konica Sensing, and I know there's a few others. Uh, and then, you know, your study revealed quite a different picture outside of our industry. Can you name just a few of the other manufacturers for these type of devices? Um, I, I'll, we could spend the next hour. Um, just but a couple. The, just a few. Yeah. Adamec, Admacy, Agilent, Allied Vision, uh, AMS, Angstrom Sun Technologies, <laughs> Analytica Jaina, Anton Parr, Applied Vision, Apogee Instruments, Argyle Technology, and Artemis Vision, Ascentech, Avian, Avantes, <laughs> AVT, Baldwin even, Barbieri. Yes, yeah, you know that. Yeah, so just that's yeah. the A's. But if I go to the, you know, the, the S's, um, oh, no. you know, there we've got – SI Photonics, Sugito, Salutron, ScanGrip, Schmidt-Hench, SciApp, C-Labs, Siconic, Sensapart, Sensatech Instruments, Sens Instruments, Sheen Instruments, Shenzhen Wave Optoelectronics, yeah. Shimadzu, SparkFun, Spiroptics, Specmetrics, Spectrical, Spectraline, Spectrology, oh, yeah. Spectral That's Devices, Spectral Engines, Spectral Evolution, Spectral Products, Spectro Amatech, <laughs> Surface Optics, it's, and it goes on and on. Well, now, I did ask the question, and I got more than I bargained for. Now, Don, there's you know tremendous improvements in this technology. The sensors, spectral sensors in particular, are getting smaller and smaller, so it broadens the application for the average Joe that has a cell phone, for example. Talk to me about some of those improvements. They are now reduced to chip scale. Chip scale. So there are several yeah. companies that now make chip scale spectral and spectra, spectral and specular measurement chips that are a few dollars a piece that are the same size as the camera die in most smartphones. Mm -hmm. There are already several Android smartphones that incorporate these spectral sensors. 
So we have improvements as far as size and cost of the spectral devices or sensors or technology. And then, of course, we have the improvement to the ICC specification to help solve metamorphism problems. How do we bring all that together to help solve the term you coined appearance management or color management? I didn't coin appearance management. Appearance, yeah. appearance management has been a thing for over a decade. It's just that we didn't have a standard for appearance management. Um, and in many cases, we didn't have the technological resources available to make it um, affordable. Mm-hmm. So now, because of the tremendous investment in hyperspectral imaging that's been undertaken in areas for remote sensing and uh, security and surveillance, yeah. we have R&D into the sensing technology that the graphic arts industry can and should take advantage of. We shouldn't try to reinvent the wheel. Just as mm-hmm. you know, the consumer market for inkjet largely funded the R&D that's made industrial inkjet possible. The R&D that industrial applications of hyperspectral imaging have made are going to make applications in commercial printing and in, you know, packaging and labels and industrial textile printing, um, surface printing for things like uh, countertops and wallpaper and flooring, affordable and widespread. Combine that with advances in machine vision, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, and machine learning. And you now start to see how we'll be able to apply these technologies to create more faithful renderings of what people have in mind. And on that front, the technologies for physically and standards for physically based rendering have also been advancing dramatically. The, the technologies for lighting and displays have been advancing tremendously. So this new standard for appearance management is really at a perfect point for its broad adoption, not only within printing industry applications, Mm -hmm. but broadly in an array of markets in healthcare, in security, and uh, you know, uh, remote sensing, uh, a whole array of industrial applications where the same problem exists, and that's to define what we see. Very well said. Using using a standard approach to measuring spectral and specular data, and affecting transformations that can render intent more faithfully, not just for color but for the other attributes of appearance. Don, fantastic. And on that note, we'll go ahead and conclude part two of our podcast. And if you're interested in the study that we're talking about today, you can get that from AP Tech or the Association for Print Technologies. Just visit their website. The study is called Discovering a New World of Color and Appearance Management Solutions. Thanks for listening to the Gamut Podcast. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts, simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at idealliance.org. Take care and have a productive day.